Welcome to Totes Faves, where we compile the ultimate list of everything in the known universe. Tonight, in the Gibbler-filled Battle Dome, we have a couple of guys who are up to no good. Could he be any more on a podcast? He's Hal Coopersmith. All she wants is a talking cat familiar. She's Zara finley Sherris. Message from the big giant head. He's Deepu Murdy. Hello, Seattle. I'm listening. I'm Brandon Werner. In this episode, we are battling 90s sitcom characters. But first, let's get to know our special guest, Hal. Hello, Hal. Hi, it's great <laughs> to be here. Great to be in the battle dome. <laughs> <laughs> really rub it in, Hal, that I'm, I'm uh, recording from an off-site location. No one knows that, Deepu. Um, <laughs> so, Hal, to get started, if you could reboot or relaunch any 90s sitcom show, which one would it be and how would you do that? I would reboot Hanging with Mr. Cooper because he's a former basketball star. And I was thinking we could get Shaq on a sitcom. And who wouldn't watch that if Shaq were your teacher? Would this be another Mr. Cooper, like his, his, like, brother, his younger brother? Like, would it be in the same universe or would you be rebooting the whole universe? I didn't really get that far. Maybe Mr. (laughs) Cooper could be the principal and it could be part of a new school. But Shaq definitely has to be there. And Mr. Cooper should also be there. Is Raven there? And Raven Simone. And Raven Simone is there. (laughs) Of course. Of course. Let's define our battle So we had some issues with this. And we had to consult Deepu because Deepu was the original creator of this idea because we're in a time of reboots in a week's time we have the fuller house the full house reboot we have a friends reunion coming on nbc soon x files x files is being the best and gilmore girls gilmore girls is yes 90s sitcoms are on everyone's mind (laughs) i guess we had some trouble defining this deepu laid down the rules uh initially that it had to have been uh, the pilot had to be in the 90s. But then when we did that originally, it cut out some solid, solid 90s sitcoms. So we added the addendum that if the majority of the show took place in the 90s, it's also solid. Yes. And so these rules broke one of Zara's big contenders. Which was Will and Grace. But we, we discovered that Will and Grace is solidly a 2000 it show. It is. Because it started in 98, but it ended in 2008. So disqualified. Disqualified, right out there. And that same goes for Cheers. Because Cheers, some people like to throw it in the 90s sitcom uh, arena, but it is not. It is firmly 80s. It only had two years. So our cutoff is it has to have spent more years in the 90s. More years in the 90s. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the Toads. Babes, Battle Dome. This week's battle, 90s sitcom characters. Our contestants and their totes faves 90s sitcom characters are. From West Philadelphia, born and raised, he's Will Smith, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. He's Jerry Seinfeld's next-door neighbor, Cosmo Kramer. And from Zack Attack, Zach Morris from Saved by the Bell. Jesse Katsopoulos, otherwise known as Uncle Jesse. Murphy Brown. Niles Crane. Deepu. Eddie the Dog from Frasier. Phoebe from Friends. Aunt Jackie from Roseanne. Brandon. Larry Sanders. Cosmo Kramer. Niles Crane. Favotron matchups complete. Round one, Larry Sanders versus Uncle Jesse. So Larry Sanders is played by Gary Shandling. He's from The Larry Sanders Show, which I didn't see as a child because it was on HBO and things on HBO you weren't allowed to watch uh, as a child. <laughs> they were for grown-ups. It was on later in the night. I believe it was on uh, maybe 10 or 11, so not for children. Uh, and... This was Gary Shandling off of the Gary Shandling show, so he did something really, really meta, where he, it's a talk show, and he is the host of the talk show, but it's a fake talk show, and most of the show happens backstage to explain what's going on the 
what's going on with the talk show. Larry Sanders, the character, is sort of the Jerry Seinfeld, the straight man to a lot of crazy people, including his co-host Hank and Rip Torn, his his uh, producer, and I think he does a great job holding together all of the craziness that goes on around him. As and I, being as I watch this as an adult, I really. Uh, came to really love the show. I think it's one of my favorites, and I'm actually glad I didn't watch it as a kid because I don't think I would have understood it at, at all, and that's actually Sanders. Cool. Um, on the other end of the spectrum, this is a show that I watched only as a child, and I watched all of it, and its name is Full House, and my number one favorite on Full House was Uncle Jesse because he was the coolest, hunkiest man that child Zara had ever set eyes on. He ha- had a band, Jesse and the Rippers. He also performed and sang with the Beach Boys, which also as a child, there could not be a cooler band than the Beach Boys. <laughs> Even like old Beach Boys <laughs> was like the ultimate thing ever um and he eventually married aunt becky Lori laughlin and else at the time there could be no more of a more beautiful woman <laughs> and they had this perfect he was sassy without being too obnoxious because uncle joey got a little obnoxious but uncle jesse was like the cool guy who helped take care of the kids the cool uncle that everybody wanted to have and that is why I voted for Uncle Jesse. And Zara, I'm I'm all on board with everything you said, except the unnecessary slams to Uncle Joey, <laughs> and, and the contrast that he wasn't there for the kids just as much much as Uncle he was Jesse there for was. the kids. I didn't yeah. say he wasn't there for the kids. He was like the cool uncle. I don't think he was the he cool wasn't uncle. Cool. <laughs> see, you can even see the where kids, I sit as yeah. a person. <laughs> The funny comedy guy was the cool uncle. I think he was the lonely, sad uncle. He was lonely. Like, he lived, the kids. lived in the basement. <laughs> but no, but didn't he? He already lived in the house. Did he move in once Danny's wife died? I don't know. They all moved in when Danny's wife died. Oh, okay. Uh, I think Uncle Joey might have I think have Uncle Joey might have already been there. <laughs> <laughs> he lived under the stairs for a bit. Yeah, and then, then Jesse got the basement because he had band practice there. Yeah, he had a studio. Yeah, until um, Becky and he got married. And then they moved to the attic because they needed more space. <laughs> With their twins. Like, With their twins, Nikki and Alex. Yeah. Um, it's impossible. It's a full house, so that might be the point. Yeah, they wanted to keep the title going. So I want to at least speak a little bit for Larry Sanders because I don't know how much chance he has against uh, Jesse and the Rippers. Uh, and the Rippers. But I think he uh, speaks for kind of uh, more adult, cool, uh, interesting things. I think maybe that show was winning actual awards and Emmys. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know what my problem is with it, Brendan, is that it's, a, it's such a good show that it's almost so timeless that I don't even put it in the 90s. It's like such I think it could like show. be launched on HBO today, update the suits a little bit, like less double-breasted suits and more single-breasted suits and it could be <laughs> That's all you have to change. <laughs> it could be a show, you know. Yeah, and well the guests are still they got like the best guests on that show. So when you watch it now, it's still all celebrities that you recognize. There's not one celebrity where it's like I don't know who that is. Like no, you've got it's like full out. Yeah, like, it hardly feels celebrity. dated at all. No. Uh, and I think he does such a good job of like holding court and like moving that show or, show or, like along as a character. Uh, and Uncle Jesse pops in once in a while, but does he like hold an episode? Are there like oh, Jesse's- oh. here's such an interesting fact: the first build actor on Full House isn't Bob Saget. It's uh, well, John Stamos. That's because he had Stamos. a little bit of a career before. I think so because of soap operas. Yeah. But also, I read that when at the end of like ten seasons or however long the show was on, they there was a thing where the network didn't want it anymore because it was too expensive to make. But then I think it was the WB offered to just buy it. Deepu, what is happening? Oh, sorry, I'm just stretching. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's showing like, up his Uncle Jesse like muscles. muscles. <laughs> uh, for the listeners at home, I was rolling up my sleeves and scratching my Very armpit. sensually. <laughs> Just like something Uncle Jesse would do. It was typical Jesse. Typical Jesse. Um, but he, there was a point where it might might have gone to the WB and then John Stamos was like, no. Because he didn't want it to go onto like a minor cable channel. But How he was rude. the holdout. How rude indeed. <laughs> What's Larry Sanders doing now? 
what, the character? Yeah, the... Or Gary Shelley. <laughs> <laughs> and it uses my favorite, like, the Muppet show kind of idea of a show within a show. And I, I just find that every show that's a show within a show, I, I love. Uh, and maybe Full House has lots of shows within the... Actually, Full House has many shows within a show. Wake Up oh, San yeah. Francisco. <laughs> and then Joey's pup, puppet show with <laughs> yes, Mr. Woodchuck. Uh, <laughs> Ranger Rick? Ranger, yeah. Well, so Ranger, I'll, no. I'll throw, in its final year, it, re- it received 10 a- Emmy nominations and won two. It was Full House? Full House? No. Larry Sanders <laughs> was constantly winning Emmys. <laughs> But was it winning the hearts of America? Have mercy. <laughs> so, what are we? What are we feeling here? I guess we're gonna. Right, we're all gonna do Uncle Jesse. You're already it. giving up. I know. I can feel. I can feel it. I can feel it. I love Larry Sanders, but it's not Uncle Jesse. But I also love Larry Sanders as a collective show, like a the whole show. I like. It's obviously better than Full House. <laughs> Eddie versus Will Smith. Oh, okay. This is the one I might be. Um, I sort of, I sort of just picked Eddie the dog from Frasier because I was playing strategically, and I knew Zara would uh, vote for it. <laughs> but it's true. I guess it's true. The, the arguments <laughs> I have is that it might be a little weird to pick a dog that has no lines as the front runner for a character from a sitcom. But I think he played like the perfect amount of comic relief in Frasier. So he was the Jack Russell Terrier that always knew how to like pivot his head in the exact right way or like sit on Fraser's seat right when Fraser wanted to sit down. And like was really that thing that was like pushing the plot along in the most subtle way possible. And just uh, you know, Fraser's unbelievably like a great nineties sitcom. And I think the reason why he might be the all-star from it is that even ja- John Mahoney, the probably the real star of Frasier, is quoted in saying he's probably the most disciplined cast member, and that's from a trained professional Broadway actor. <laughs> so shady. <laughs> I feel like that's such Kelsey Grammer knock. <laughs> <laughs> so the case for Will Smith is obviously that it's Will Smith. And <laughs> Will Smith drove the show. It launched his career, the clothing... Uh, the dance, dancing with Carlton. I mean, this is a referendum on Fresh Prince of Bel Air right now. Yeah, I, I agree with you how too, because I I always quote whenever people talk about Will Smith. I sort of hate him now, and I always counter it with the like he was so awesome during Fresh Prince that the bar got set too high because now he just stinks. And everyone- might be a Scientologist. Me. Yeah. Well, I sort of feel like Eddie's a sinking ship, so I'm just gonna. No, just... For, I, I don't. No, so listen. In this fight, I am fully Eddie because Eddie is such a piece of that show. And well, let's he's Moose. All right. Let's let's, let's be clear. Yeah. His name is the Moose. Dog actors. And then when Moose died, son of Moose. <laughs> Moose that was Jr. his name, son of no, Moose. I guess Moose Moose too. Oh. <laughs> um, and, uh, and didn't they hate him? Well, no, Kelsey Grammer hated him because he, he just didn't like the dog stole every scene. And when the dog was on, I'm sure it was really hard to act with him. Because you had, do take after take. Take after take yeah. with the dog. And, but, but it's also the whole point is that the dog upstaged him because he was the real star of Frasier. <laughs> <laughs> he loved stealing that chair. He likes looking at Frasier. He likes stealing He likes food. cocking his head to the side. Oh, and, and, and they have that, like, Jack Russell Terriers have that, like, perfect bounce hop. Right? Where yeah. they can just, like, hop in place. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He would jump up for stuff all the time. That's right. <laughs> what a star. What a star. He's a real star. As He's... opposed to Will Smith, who's actually a real star. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> like, there's a dog and then there's Will Smith, who's, like, properly a real star. Like, if one of them's going to get invited to the Oscars... Um, well, which one would boycott the Oscars? Not Eddie. <laughs> well, he's dead. <laughs> because he's dead. I'm going to say, against Eddie, how, com- <laughs> how hard could it be if Son of Moose is actually playing the same role and no one can tell the difference? Well, there's I only sorta, one Will Smith. I sort of feel like there's the same thing to say about Jaden Smith, right? <laughs> So like you just Will. started playing Son of Will <laughs> is just uh, playing the role. <laughs> no, you're right. Is it just like, is it a stand-in dog? 
And that's what I'm rooting for. Is it like a dog character who was the youngest litter mate and born on Christmas Eve? Oh, <laughs> oh, good, good. Uh, oh, just some precious angel points. To put in there. <laughs> wow, was Will Smith born on Christmas Eve? <laughs> I, I'm gonna go with Eddie, but mostly because he's stinking cute. Uh, <laughs> but as a '90s sitcom, I actually like The Fresh Prince better than Frasier. Um, and now, like, Brendan and Zara are probably glaring at me. <laughs> but I'm still going to go with Eddie the dog. Just because it was playing to the crowd that is me, I have to go with Eddie, and I'm sorry, Hal. <laughs> I have to. I always love a dog sidekick. It's okay. This is a big upset. I thought Fresh Prince, hands down, would win over, <laughs> over Eddie, but that's all right. Hal, if you picked any other three people at random and put down would. Will Smith versus Eddie, like it would have been a no-brainer. I, I, I usually don't play the game like this, but I was playing to win with Eddie. <laughs> you know you know exactly who you're playing to. This it's is like, a rookie move on the <laughs> That's why we don't have anybody back for a second show. It's just, it's just so they never learn the tricks, which is like always play the dog card first. <laughs> Round two, Niles Crane versus Uncle Jesse. Two of us put Niles Crane in the, into the mix. Yes, played by David Hyde Pierce. Uh, he is, I think he actually steals the show because Frasier was about Frasier. And as the show went on, the show really was about Niles. The, the main storyline that most people fell in love with was uh, Niles's, not Frasier's. Who really re- even remembers Frazier's actual arc on that show. Everyone, but everyone remembers the will they, won't they of Niles and Daphne. Uh, he was originally, well, t- Frazier was originally intended to be an only child because he, ne- he never even mentioned a brother on Cheers. Uh, David I. Pierce was hired because when they were casting for the show, someone saw his headshot and said, oh my God, he looks just, he looks just like Kelsey Grammer. And uh, David I. Meaning Pierce, he was like on the road to balding or face wise also? Well, they said he looked like Kelsey Grammer 10 years younger. I yeah, read the like same quote where younger. they're like, he looks like a young Kelsey Grammer. How do you know all of this? This uh, was on uh, So I IMDb. love Frasier. Well, it's not IMDb, but also Frasier is one of my favorite things. It's up there with a lot of things. I love Frasier. I think Frasier is one of the best Sometimes TV shows I come ever home late at night from work and Brandon's just in bed watching Frasier. Frasier is the most watchable <laughs> show ever made. It is. I love Seinfeld, but I think Frasier is more watchable. Like you can just turn on any Frasier and you just watch it. That's pretty interesting about saying you can just watch it and it works because that's almost the way I feel about Full House on the opposite end of the spectrum where I could be like in the dumbest mind state possible and like I can still follow a plot of Full House. Oh, you can watch that show for less than a minute and be like, oh, Michelle's upset because of this talent competition. Frasier is usually a structured comedy of errors, so you need to know what's but There's still on. like funny reactions yeah. and stuff. Um, so back to Uncle Jesse, Jesse Katsopoulos. Um, an interesting fact about Uncle Jesse is that the character's name was originally Jesse Cochran, but John Stamos wanted his character to better reflect his Greek heritage, so he had the producers change the character's last name to Katsopoulos, which is, I think, very integral to the character. And if you remember the episodes where Uncle Jesse's Greek family comes to stay. Opa! And then, opa! <laughs> and then there's a Greek version of Michelle, which is just the other Olsen twin <laughs> in a black right. wig. Sometimes they use them as a special effect. Yes. <laughs> I just read this today. Four times on the show have the Olsen twins appeared together <laughs> in a scene. And they were all from those Greek episodes where the Greek family visits and Michelle has a cousin who looks, who looks just like her with brown hair. <laughs> <laughs> Especially because it's, it's Uncle Jesse, right? So like Full House is one thing, but Uncle Jesse, I'm still going back to the 90s thing. And I think we uh, overlooked his hair. That was a big, that was actually one of my first bullet points. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> it really like hair. followed the times of like what was ever on like the peak hairdo of the uh, of the of the month, or maybe of the like, it was like the the Rachel for men. 
It was, and it was weird because they, he was like meant to be this cool guy, but he was also obsessed with Elvis, which I never really understood. He liked Elvis. I think, I think it was just meant to be like a quirky. That was his, that was his nerdy thing. Yeah. Um, But let's get, speaking of nerds, Niles Crane. King of the nerds. Uh, King of the nerds. I'm arguing with myself and I'm proving myself. King of the nerds. He, uh, Literally everything he says is funny, I would say. But his jokes are aiming up at upper class people, but at the same time, upper class people can find the jokes funny. Right? So, like, his jokes about wine and cheese and and the opera are like, ho, ho, ho. But then they're also smartly written because the things he's saying are all, like, true and they work. Real things. Yeah. I just find his delivery, the way he carries himself, the way every time he sits down, he wipes the chair. Like, there's mm-hmm. just so many little ticks about Niles that he created, like, a living, breathing character. And Uncle Jesse's a cartoon. <laughs> He's a cartoon Whoa. character. He's a cartoon character. <laughs> but you love cartoons. So I do. I'm going to take that as a pro. But Niles, in a way, is almost, he's like a caricature of a very fussy, fancy man. Fancy dandy man. And he's like Valentine's he's like a New Yorker uh, cartoon. Yes, he is a living New Yorker cartoon. <laughs> And he makes Fraser look like low key. Yeah. <laughs> These were both on my list, and I'm definitely going with Niles because he is one of my favorite character oh, of all time. I'm all the way with Full House. I'm a Jesse Jesse Katsapolis. I'm fully on Niles, so it goes to Hal. I think I gotta go Uncle Jesse. Jesse. It's the Full House themed episode. episode. We have Eddie the dog that knocked off Fresh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. <laughs> so I think we're oh, overrepresented. Eddie's biting me on the ass. Wow. Wow. Okay, let's. uh, But what if Eddie becomes the archetype for Fraser? No, but I I guess, but but not still Eddie and not. Think about all the Maris jokes. Just think of the Maris Maris jokes. jokes. (laughs) And I love how he had like funny reactions to Daphne for seven seasons. They didn't even. It took like seven years. They mined that relationship before they got together. This guy comes in. Will they or won't they? Like, if it was a couple, I, I, I guess I'm really hung up with this episode with this idea of, like, 90s nostalgia and, like, hitting that, like, mark of, like, what it means to be a 90s sitcom versus not. And, I mean, this could have been what's used against me for Eddie the Dog. <laughs> like, the Fresh Prince, like, embodies 90s nostalgia. But now I'm going to flip it the other direction, just be like, it's Uncle Jesse. Like, it's this is, like... The key of a 90s sitcom, right? That, that's, that's what I was, was thinking, thinking for Uncle Jesse, Jesse is that he's, he's definitively 90s. 90s. That is a really good point. To us. <laughs> to us. <laughs> to our sense of nostalgia. But Niles double-breasted suits and his Merce- <laughs> and his Mercedes-Benz <laughs> and his giant cell phone. Uh, he's also extremely 90s in his own way. Do we pick the most like cartooned version or the most refined version of like 90s, 90s television? Well, in a way, I think here's the deal. I think I'm going to switch. I'm going to go with Uncle Jesse purely based on like the smart highbrow answer is Niles, but in the same way that like Larry Sanders is one of my favorite shows ever, and I didn't pick it. And I think Niles is similar to like Larry Sanders, and like this is the smartest, funniest. Uh, you just don't want the one percent to win. Version. <laughs> Nobody wants the one percent to win. No. Just- Except Eddie, who's a one percent dog. <laughs> Cosmo Kramer versus Phoebe. Cosmo Kramer, a.k.a. the hipster doofus, a.k.a. Dr. Van Nostrand, a.k.a. the ass man. Talk about just iconic characters. There's so much to talk about with Kramer because he's such a mystery. Well, I was just thinking ahead of time, what is your favorite Kramer Seinfeld episode? Is it the one where he's bringing the bottles to Michigan? Yes, where I do love that one. It's the ass man, which you brought up. <laughs> is it the first name? What what his first name what is? What his first name is? Kenny Rogers. I mean, there's oh, so Kenny many Kramer-themed H&H episodes Bagels. of Seinfeld. <laughs> that was when one of the, the pros for Kramer. Or when he said the N-word on stage? Was that? Well, that's, <laughs> not, that's not the character. We're not, we're not, we're not, that's sorry, not Kramer. Kramer would never have done that. He was based on uh, Larry David's neighbor. Uh, Kenny Kramer, 
who ended up having a Kramer reality tour, which then about like what he did with that with Larry David that ended up in the show, which they ended up putting on the actual show when Kramer did the Kramer reality tour. The um, Jay Peterman. It's too much to talk about. This is too much. And he's so interconnected with everyone too. Yeah. I'm thinking also the one where the golf ball went into the whale. He's the chaos of Seinfeld that leads to all of the other plots going together. Okay. So now Deepu. So, I mean, this is like the, the, the classic problem, I think, of when anybody talks about 90s comedy. And I've said this before a lot, that there's this, uh, like, you're either a Friends person or you're a Seinfeld person. So I'm, I'm obviously a Friends person. It was a tough choice of, like, who to pick from such an ensemble cast to be, like, the key character. But I went with Phoebe from Friends because I think she's the most interesting one. Maybe in the same ways that, like, Kramer's the wacky one setting the plot to motion. Like, Phoebe sort of gives that sort of wacky side relief to, like, cut through maybe, like, longer plot lines that are going on. Um, So I felt like she, like, really hits that archetype of the, like, I'm the wacky next-door neighbor on this sitcom. Um, And where you can, like, hate everybody else on the show. She's, like, a pretty, pretty likable character. But I think it's going to really come down to this bigger, like, who who goes next? Like, somebody from Friends or somebody from Seinfeld? And I think it's, like, really just an argument between, like, New York City versus the Midwest, right? <laughs> like, is this, is, this the, is this the final decision? They're both New York City. Yeah, but, yeah, like, but New York, Seinfeld is for New Yorkers means. to watch about New York. Because Seinfeld's Friends is about really Ohio about New York. Friends is about what everyone thinks New York is. Exactly. That's why it's like a Midwest versus New York. If it weren't <laughs> Friends versus Seinfeld, which character do you think would be more important? Yeah, I'm actually like, so I knew somebody was going to pick somebody from Seinfeld. And I, I, I was always an Elaine fan, but I, I did like the idea that it is like he, Kramer is more of the plot setter. Like that's a pretty pretty good idea like of why him right i had flirted with putting chandler bing and cosmo kramer on my list and i ended up putting cosmo kramer on actually i think chandler is closer to uh kramer and how they use him um he's chandler is kind of the guy that will walk into the room and say the funny thing he's like I think Chandler is much more of a Kramer. Phoebe is the is weird as well, but I think Chandler has mystery. Like no one knows what Chandler's job is. No one knows what Kramer's job is. Like they're both like the mystery friend. So many plots of Seinfeld wouldn't work without Kramer being an element. I think most friends plots would still work if you just pluck yeah, yeah. Phoebe. Phoebe's right definitely out. just icing on the cake of friends. She is like not a core runner of it. She was also my favorite. She and Chandler were my favorite of that show. And I'm one of the few people who's probably only seen one or two episodes of Seinfeld. This is a big I problem in our relationship because in, in my life, so much of uh, my references and uh, mental just notes are based off of Seinfeld episodes. Why are you playing Frasier in the background then? Why not Seinfeld? Because I've seen no. It's because I think Frasier's more watchable. I, I think you can rewatch Frasier over and over again. Seinfeld, I've seen them all probably five or six times, but uh, it's probably because there's just, still things left. Like you don't remember them. Maybe they're yeah. not each episode. There are Frasier's still like an unexplored territory, yeah. and when uh, Seinfeld, I've seen five or six times per episode. <laughs> well. <laughs> well just for a little plug of how, how big of a deal Phoebe is in just the larger world of 90s sitcom is that she was even bigger than just friends. They had her whole twin sister play a role in Mad About Ursula. You, right? Like, but Kramer like also ended up... Television Cr- programs. But, but they did that with Kramer as well because Kramer ended up on Murphy Brown. Yes. Oh, really? Which I read about today. I need to watch that. It's great because it, it works on both. Because Kramer, the character, for a stint, moves to L.A., which is genius. While he's in L.A., he ends up on Murphy Brown. And they actually put him in an episode of Murphy Brown. So the character Kramer is playing a character on Murphy Brown. So Because Murphy Brown is a show in the world of Seinfeld because Elaine writes a Murphy Brown script. So I'm at a weird disadvantage where it's like, I know all the hype about Kramer. I just haven't like 
exceed it for myself. <laughs> yeah. So I'm I, almost in the same boat because I never really had a taste for it. So I, I, mean, I only think I've watched maybe like five to ten episodes. That yeah. I can recall. Me too. And I, I've seen every single Friends, but I do like the idea that Phoebe is like the the icing on the cupcake of Friends, but Kramer is like a a plot. Him into unto himself. Kramer. Every episode, Kramer has his own through line. Through line. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this was actually why I almost didn't pick a friend's character because I was like, there isn't the character to pick that's gonna win. So I, I actually am gonna. I th- yeah, I th- yeah. I think you could think of great Phoebe lines, but try to think of really great Phoebe situations. None yeah. except when she was pregnant with her brother's baby. Triplets. Triplets. Sorry. <laughs> or Smelly Cat. Or Smelly and Cat. And Smelly Cat. And when she made this, uh, the she uh, bullied Ross when he was a little kid and, and stole his comics. That's right. He was the, the, the bully. Oh. Yeah. The oh there was also that episode where she slipped and fell and said, didn't I do that? <laughs> <laughs> that might, might be another character. I think you might be a little. <laughs> I know. I've just been wanting to say it the whole episode and I didn't know where to put it in. <laughs> Aunt Jackie versus Eddie. Ooh, okay. <clears throat> we, are, we already talked about Eddie, uh, so I, I'm going to really give a quick sell for Aunt Jackie. So Aunt Jackie was played by Lori Metcalf. It was on the show Roseanne. So she wasn't the titular character, but she was in every single episode but one in the series. So she was a solid core part of Roseanne. And she just represents, like, you know, Roseanne's the star, but this is her sister that's, like, constantly... Like in her life, there she uh, she's like this really awesome, like neurotic archetype of a character who's always there. She like goes through a lot of plot twists, some of them funny, some of them not. She like survives single life. She gets abused by her younger boyfriend. She never has her own washer and dryer, so she has to do laundry at Roseanne's house. And I think I probably relate to it because she's this like single sibling. That looms around their sister's house all the time, which like parallels my current life in many ways. So you're ways the Aunt right Jackie now. in your family. You I were sorta, so the Aunt Jackie. I know, this is my biggest fear. Uh, moving back to Pittsburgh, where my family was, is I, I remember calling my sister and saying, "Like, I'm gonna be, I, I'm gonna become Aunt Jackie. I refuse to do laundry at your house." But I'm now, like, three months later, I'm now doing laundry at my sister's house. Uh, but I think, uh, Zara, I think you should feel free to chime in too because I think you might be an Aunt Jackie fan. I'm a huge Aunt Jackie also. fan. And I actually want to thank you because Roseanne, I love Roseanne. I never watched it when it was on because I think my mom hated it. <laughs> so, it's one of my mom's favorite shows of all time. Yeah, my mom is not a Roseanne lady. And so it was just never on. And I watched it like crazy now that it's on Oxygen, like all through college and after college. Um, and I've watched now I've watched them all and love it. But it was one of those shows that looking back on it, I was like, because I wanted to pull someone out of that for this. And I couldn't think of anyone who one character that is better than the whole of the cast of Roseanne, because yeah. it is such a perfect ensemble. Like every single person is a strong part. Like the kids are equal part to Roseanne who's equal part to Dan. But then Jackie that I mean, she's amazing. So I, in a way, you managed to do what I couldn't do, which is uh, to pull one representative from Roseanne and be like, this is this is it. And that's only from paralleling my own life, except I'm not a huge slut like um, Jackie was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think uh, Roseanne is one of my, another one of my favorite sitcoms. She, again, she's not a, kind of like with Phoebe, but I think that she's always involved in the plot as well she'll bring and she in, starts off her own plots yeah and, she is and like yeah. eventually starts to have her own like her own scenes and her own art she's um definitely like lucy ethel, Ball, ethel she's kind definitely of, ethel she's like yeah. ethel and i'm gonna say this and it's gonna make a lot of people mad except for zara because she never watches it but what i like about aunt jackie is that i think she pulls off neurotic in a way that's so watchable that I think every other character in Seinfeld, like I can't handle their neuroticism. Like I can <laughs> well, handle they have a Aunt selfishness where Aunt Jackie, you know, Aunt Jackie's not selfish. She's not selfish. Seinfeld yeah. is not neurotic. They're just awful human beings, and that's what makes them amazing. Um, but then there's Eddie, and <laughs> he I'm was born on Eddie's Christmas mantle. Eve. <laughs> he was born on Christmas Eve. His name is Moose. Uh, come on, it's just I don't have much of Fraser left here, uh, and <laughs> Eddie is. 
it's just like he had his own magazine covers. Oh yeah, he, he was on the uh, cover of Entertainment Weekly. Yeah, uh, I bet the rest of the cast was so no, they all mad hated about him. that. It was amazing. That's that's <laughs> that only adds to the Eddie Moose mythology that everyone hated him. Um, but the show writers, and you could tell the writers love to write for Eddie because Eddie always has great moments. But also Eddie also is another thing is that you don't. Mahoney is so good on that show, um, as as Fraser's father. Uh, it's and Eddie is such a piece. He is kind of like the Niles is the one we all remember, but Fraser's dad is so good on that show. Yeah, uh, he he can go from Mahoney can go from comedy to making you want to cry instantly. And Eddie is a piece of that character as well. He adds to that, that You were character. putting so much on Eddie. You're putting the whole weight <laughs> of Frasier. <laughs> all of Frasier's Emmys. All of <laughs> David Hyde Pierce's Emmys. I'm sorry, Aunt Jackie is where I'm heading. <laughs> what do you, Deepu, you're still Aunt Jackie? I, I'm in a way, because, uh, you know, I like to win. And I'll win either way. That's true. <laughs> like, what does my heart That's really true. say? Um, so I like Aunt Jackie because it's mirroring Deepu's life and he's doing laundry <laughs> at his sister's house. <laughs> but on the other hand, I really like, I mean, I don't really like this, but the whole weight of Frasier Brandon put on Eddie. <laughs> and I can sense all the love that Brandon has for Frasier. So I think I'm going to go Eddie. Also because I've watched more Frasier than Roseanne. <laughs> so I guess it kind of comes down to, to Deepu then. Oh, God. And these I, are both yours. Yeah, I know. I, th- I mean, I, I, could think... e- I love both of them. You could easily convince me. <laughs> I know. I, think, I love them both too, but I, I, I really feel like uh, I got to go with Aunt Jackie. Well, l- <laughs> let me just put um, one more fact in there for pro Aunt Jackie, which is I was, I was on the internet just searching Aunt Jackie to see what was up, and there's a, a, a website called Hipsters Who Dress Like Jackie from Roseanne. Oh, that's that's, good. that's it. And it was only launched two months ago. And so she's a, still relevant. And I, I don't think she was what if for the I past had a Tumblr that was uh, Hipsters That Dress Like Eddie? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that could come next. Zach Morris versus Murphy Brown. This is a lot of pressure because I feel like she represents... All of female empowerment of the 90s, the power suits, the power hair, the single momdom in a time when that wasn't so cool. Um, She is the amazing, she's an amazing newswoman. So as a child watching this with my mom, who is a right, this is so where my mom was not into the Roseanne. She was very much into Murphy Brown to that just makes paint a the picture, most sense of the world. which makes <laughs> a lot of sense. That's a true um, My mom worked in magazines and Murphy worked in a news magazine TV show. And it was just, it's such, it was a groundbreaking show. My favorite part about her is that she was nominated for seven, seven Emmys, won five, and then told the Academy to stop nominating her so that she wouldn't win anymore, to let someone else have a chance because she won so many Emmys playing this role. And I'm obsessed with Candace Bergen. And speaking of iconic hair, like Uncle Jesse, who has more iconic hair, but Candace Bergen as Murphy Brown, <laughs> which is an important, valid point in this race. This is a very tough matchup, and I already sense that Zach Morris is going to lose <laughs> based off of all those Emmy nominations for Candace Bergen. <laughs> but when you think 90s, you have to think Saved by the Bell, the original when they're in middle school, then they're in high school, and then college. And Zach Morris is the definitive Saved by the Bell character. He had the first cell phone that anyone ever knew about. And talk about Jesse and the Rippers. He was Zach of Zach Attack, which I <laughs> said in the intro. And to me, he just defines the 90s more than anyone else. And I think that, that he is, you know, if we're talking about 90s characters, he's the ultimate 90s character. Yeah, I, mean, I gotta, I mean, I don't sell yourself short on the Zach Morris thing, Hal. I sort of like... I uh, I didn't put him on my list because I knew somebody else would pick up the slack. 
<laughs> Plus, he also dated Kelly Kapowski. Who was an icon. And of... sort of right. stalked Kelly Kapowski. Oh. Uh, see, here's the thing. Personally, loved Murphy Brown. That was another show that my mom liked and I used to watch with her, uh, along with Frasier and Seinfeld, Murphy Brown. Uh, she also was an alcoholic. And well, she's... Recovering, recovering alcoholic. alcoholic. The first episode, she comes back from Betty Ford. She's given up smoking. She's given up drinking. Yeah, which was that show had a lot of interesting, dark, like adult s- s- things like on it, and and the, a lot of great characters. Uh, she was she she kind of like sometimes she was a straight man, sometimes she was goofy. It depended on the situation. But I think Ruffy Brown, great character. But it's like. I feel Zach Morris might almost be more deserve. No, it's I think this might be an age situation. That I feel if we were, how dare, how dare you? you? No, no. I feel like if <laughs> all of for us, for the record, Brandon no. is less than two years. No, 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 no. no, no. I'm saying if we all were older, we might say Murphy Brown without without a problem. That is true. She's someone I, I, I watched even as if we were all a child. Five years older, we would say yes. uh, Murphy Brown. Um, but that, were the teens watching Murphy Brown? I feel like it was what grown-ups were watching when we were all like eight and nine. Can I have a warped idea of what is cool? Like a grown-up show. I have a warped Save idea of what's cool. Was Saturday morning. <laughs> it was basically uh, cartoons in the morning. Uh, it was Saturday. live person live cartoons. Person cartoons. <laughs> okay, so I do have this really interesting aside about Murphy Brown that really speaks to its um, broad, broad-spinning appeal. But my, my sister was in business school, and she had to take a class on persuasive communication. And they had a uh, foreign exchange student from China that gave this really offensive anti-gay marriage um, presentation. That was his debate. And on one of the slides, it was just a picture of Murphy Brown uh, holding, <laughs> holding a baby. And I think he got confused with single moms. And lesbians. As being the issue? <laughs> yeah. But, no, but her being a single mom was a big part of that show. I know, and he just let it bleed into, uh, into the gays, but oh, well, she uh, had it that made it painter. to China. I know, I always wanted them to fall in love, and they never did. They never, I think they flirted. Yeah. Um, I think he was in love with Corky. Yeah. But it's like, Zach it, is an icon. Yeah, But Zach, Murphy Brown Zach. is an icon as well. This discussion, I feel like this debate is turning into who is an icon, because it's sort of... But it's favorites, and I... It's like, Zach's not my favorite on that show. I was a screech person. Ugh, uh, But now I've learned better. <laughs> I was saying as a child, I yeah, didn't know who silly. Dustin Diamond was as a child. <laughs> I knew screech. I knew that screech might have been an alien, according to one episode. It was still. It was inconclusive whether he was or he wasn't at the end of the episode. I think we need a timeout. <laughs> and if it was Zach Morris, everything would freeze right now. Yeah, what magic powers does Murphy Brown have? Uh, hairspray. She can balance her career and her baby. Shoulder yes, pads. She can have it all. <laughs> Um, so I, I, I mean, I, I'm in a pretty solid Zach Morris camp here. I think we're, we're having a lot of of potential ties this. I could, you know, I, I put in Zach Morris, but I can understand moving to Zach Morris. But, but that's interesting. Brown. I was going to move to Murphy Brown. Yeah, but see what I mean? I can understand. I'm flexible. I can. I, I'm, I'm Murphy kind of, Brown, but in, in I can caucus, understand. In a caucus, I'm in the undecided area, and you could come over and talk to me. You're right across the table. <laughs> I feel like we're having this thing where it's like the iconic goofy thing versus this like critically acclaimed thing. <laughs> <laughs> and that's fine. That's perfect because mm-hmm. it's like the definition of what is a favorite mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's all becoming clear. This is because even deep. me, I just feel, <laughs> no, I mean, I'm Murphy Brown is my favorite, but I do see the, like Zach Morris, he had a phone. Yeah. He had timeouts. Murphy Brown had an all whole office. And Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> met Zach Morris recently. Right, he mined the hell out of that. Why didn't they bring back Murphy Brown? That's true. You know something (laughs) weird that I found out that they released the first season on DVD in like 2005 and it didn't sell at all and so they never released any more of that show on DVD. It does not exist. It's not streaming anywhere. Really? Yeah. For all its Emmys, it's like disappeared. 
But then that means it's more definitively 90s, I would say. Yeah, <laughs> only on VHS. You know, but I think it, <laughs> in that, yeah, it was only in the 90s. But it was kind of the, the smart person show. Uh, that's why, like, in the joke in Seinfeld, when they find out that Elaine wrote a Murphy Brown, that was the perfect show for Elaine to want to write a script for. And she was, like, her own Murphy Brown in her own way. <laughs> yeah. I this is a tough one. My heart says that I, I again, I'm fine with it being Zach Morris. Uh, this is tough, too, because I, I literally can't think of Murphy Brown without thinking of Zara. Like, today in my office, <laughs> when I was just looking up 90s sitcoms, every time Murphy Brown came up, I thought of Zara and then laughed out loud. So I, sort of, like, I laughed out loud at my desk. Uh, but I, It's um, true. We have I a couple of things in common. I Zach Morris, even though I like you a lot. Zara. It's okay. It's not a vote between Zach and Zara. <laughs> but it sort of is, right? Round three. Uncle Jesse versus Cosmo Kramer. Okay, so Cosmo Kramer. Where do I begin? Where do you begin? Because it's it's impossible. There's just there's so much. And I feel with Uncle Jesse, it's easy to, to put him on a platter and say, here's Uncle Jesse. With Cosmo Kramer. You need a you need a whole apartment. Maybe even a hot tub full of Japanese people. <laughs> a hot tub full of Japanese people. Zara and I don't, I don't even know. What I don't that know. Means. What that means. <laughs> we literally no. don't know what that means. No, but just. But pick- Brandon's reaction is <laughs> emblematic of everyone else who's listening. <laughs> just picture this: Uncle Jesse finally marrying Aunt Becky. She's wearing a wedding dress that is actually Lori Laughlin's wedding dress in real life. Really? And then he sings a beautiful song called Forever to her, and we all cried. And he sang it with the with the Beach Boys at one of their concerts later. At one of their concerts later, yeah. And also one time he rode his motorcycle on the railing of a six-story building just yep. to show off to his ex-girlfriend. Yeah. Like he's a fallible character, but push comes to shove. He's just full of love. He was also the only person that publicly spoke out. This is uh, John Stamos now. But he, he was the only person to publicly shame the Olsen twins for not doing Fuller House. Yeah, and I like think voice he... his disappointment. No, but he loves that show. But also I feel like he was the one who was like too big for it the quickest, maybe. But he did. I mean, they all did their time. I guess the Olsen twins would be that. Like once they're done with it, they're like turned the, that page. It's over and done with. He's just so cool. <laughs> I think Kramer is the coolest. Uh, as a child, I thought Kramer was, was very cool because he did whatever he wanted. The two of us that have seen Seinfeld have extreme, <laughs> have extreme nostalgia for Cosmo Kramer. I understand the Uncle Jesse nostalgia, but I have more nostalgia for other characters. Well, I know in college at those fairs where they would sell posters everyone would get that Kramer poster so I can understand the Kramer it's called the Kramer okay I'm on again this is just I'm just describing something I saw I don't understand the joke behind it and uh yeah so that speaks to his importance as a character to but people. my my adorable uh nephew has a Jesse and the Rippers onesie wow. is that because you bought it for him no somebody else bought it for him <laughs> is that Wow. <laughs> that would have been. I actually just bought it for him yesterday as fodder for just proof. For You're making your own today's proof. recording. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, I think we're gonna be. Um, I think we're gonna be in a way. I mean, this is a really good matchup. I, I, I see why they're both in there. Another great thing about Kramer is one of his things. I love his schemes. So much of his his character is these interesting, like trying to get around the law, trying to get around different people kind of like again he's such a driving force of that show and you look at uncle jesse he's a character that the girls come in and talk to so later on i feel like they give him more plot lines i think early on he was kind of the whole structure of the show was the girls have an issue they go to one of their three caregivers they talk to (laughs) them uh then later on they start to do like you know they do the episode where they do commercials and they do jingles and it's you can just keep going on and on about what cosmo kramer does and uncle jesse it's just like he's he's great i'm very torn on this i mean i nominated cosmo kramer i think he's integral i think he defines the 90s but uncle jesse launched john stamos's career to where we know it now we're buying all this greek yogurt (laughs) i think because of full house 
And so, I mean, I'm. We can't kinda... stop on a Greek yogurt. We right. Just, yeah. <laughs> we have all this Greek yogurt. So, Seinfeld versus Greek yogurt. <laughs> I also, just when I was just looking around, I found this great guide online about how Kramer pays for his New York apartment because he has no job. He just has all these schemes. And there is a very detailed episode by episode uh, guide about how, uh, when Kramer has pulled in money. So how much crazy. Money I will he say this have. that Seinfeld fans are kind of the most annoying fans. <laughs> there is such a secret language. Because I sometimes encounter this at work where people just be like, no, no, this thing, like potato chips, and then just Again, start laughing. You have to watch it to know it because it's just like it's Seinfeld is a series of items. So much jokes about just like Oh, like when item. that Seinfeld apartment opened in New York. And then people, it was like looking at photos of that. It was like looking at go, like the Rosetta Stone or just like hieroglyphs. It's another language. <laughs> it's not a secret language, Zara. It's like one of the most popular yeah. It's not a secret language. Nobody showed it to this me. This is the most watched television show of all time. <laughs> but not, it's too late not for me. the uh, most important people, Zara. <laughs> <laughs> They're missing the key demographic. I don't, There's I don't no know way. what demographic holds both me and Zara in it, but um, it's people missing. who are out of the country for when it was on, and people in the Midwest, I guess. This is this is kind of like when we try to figure out where Deepu was when everyone was watching the X Files last episode. What were you watching, Jack and Jill? I think I was watching Jack and Jill, which was led in by Felicity. <laughs> Um, this is what I have to argue again. What, what's it going to take I'll to pull you John over to the off. other side, Hal? No, I'm, I'm there. He's, he's I already, already said I was kind of there. Aunt Jackie versus Zach Morris. This is. Like, oh <laughs> man, I. Uh, just, I this I I mean I, I I say this like I'm surprised, but every time we get to the semifinals, I'm like, what do I do? Yeah, that's so crazy. <laughs> but every time it feels that that um that painful. I mean, Aunt Jackie's no Zach Morris. I mean, I love her and I love Roseanne. I think it's also like the difference between a real character and a cartoon character again. But I sort of almost want to go with the cartoon character. I think it's very important to remember the nostalgia. And that's what will pull you to Zach Morris. It's like I can draw you, Zach Morris. Yeah. From memory. Whereas Jackie, I feel like <laughs> some people... You draw Jackie from it's memory. Like In my memory, she's just so... She's like so. She's really tiny, but with tiny. like a big, big sweatshirt uh. on. <laughs> but now they're hipsters dressed like her. Yeah, yeah. so now it's like a just, cool. Just big look out your front door, and then you can draw a sketch of um, <laughs> on Jackie. Of Jackie. <laughs> yeah, Zach Morris is just like the guy. He's the nineties. He's the nineties. <laughs> yeah, he, that's a. I mean, that's a powerhouse contender. I um, I love Aunt Jackie. I I am Aunt Jackie. <laughs> But, yeah. I, you know, I think, uh, you know. Well, Zach- I was Murphy Brown, and you saw how well that <laughs> went. <laughs> Final round. Uncle Jesse versus Zach Morris. This is it. Like, this is, if you were to distill the 90s down to <laughs> two, characters. two characters, it is Uncle Jesse and Zach Morris. Whatever we're doing, we're doing a good job if this is the final two, right? I feel like there's no wrong answer here, and one being number two and one being number one is just yeah. arbitrary because... <laughs> no, no, but I think, there, I think there is a right answer. Yeah. I'm actually... Oh, I, I'm signing for the Uncle Jesse just because I would want I would want to hang out with Uncle Jesse more than Zach Morris. Yeah, Zach would be a little annoying and condescending. But like, where would Zach Morris be now? Like, where would that character be now? Would he be burned out in college? We saw him in college a little bit. Right? Where, where would he be ended up? I don't, would, he, would he be teaching? I think he'd be teaching because he loves school. school. Oh. to work at the school. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know what his major is. And I... I don't know what his major was. I don't know what his I major was. I bet, his, I bet he's like a sports journalist. I didn't really watch that I, much Yeah, I stopped college. watching We, we only saw a little bit of it. He, it was the same kind of situation. He, didn't, he barely studied. I remember that. He would probably be in like maybe in finance now. Yeah. I think like just like maybe. Or in, like an ad media management ad media buyer. Media management ad. No, maybe not. Yeah, maybe sales. 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 I was sales. Say sales. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Zach Morris is in sales. But Uncle Jesse's like an artist. He he was <laughs> also in marketing though. He had a job writing ad like, jingles. But to like pay the bills. Like that wasn't his like 
Yeah. Oh, wait, didn't he write the song? Wasn't that an episode where he wrote the song for Uncle Joey for his TV show? Yeah, and for another TV. cartoon. Because yeah, they, they were, they <laughs> so that worked was it. together. They worked together, but they fought. There was yeah, like a but thing, was like, but then they, they got in together, there. Writing, there was a moment, everything was fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was, yeah. That's how they made money. Uncle Jesse might, not to, to put down Zach Morris, but he might have more than one layer. <laughs> right? Like they're, they're, yeah. yeah. Not he, he does, though, many, he has a sensitive side. But like, he has more than one layer. Maybe yeah. two layers. <laughs> like artist and lover? Yeah, yeah, artist and lover. Yeah. Like a cool guy, but like he, he knows how to feel. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas I feel like Zach would like play... No, he does have lots of feelings. He, he took care of that, that, that homeless girl. Oh, yeah, remember? that was so good. After accusing her for stealing the apple. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Hal, this is a callback to an episode on a Christmas, Christmas specials. <laughs> you know, we have uh, Brian Foss, who was previously on the podcast, his biggest... Pet peeve is when people bring up the Saved by the Bell episode of Jesse Spano taking um, caffeine pills. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's one of my greatest pet peeves. Don't please. No I'm not. Me. But we're all thinking about it. But uh, Zach was. I'm one thinking to about Brian getting upset about that because it's like one of his <laughs> most. Uh, but congratulations for us doing a whole episode with Zach Morris involved, and none of us mentioned it. Oh, I spoiled then. it. I'm sorry. It was you me. It was it. me. Because <laughs> I didn't go all the way to the end. Of the <laughs> Whoa. So I think we're feeling sorry, Uncle Brian. Jesse, right? Uncle Jesse? Uh, my vote's for yeah, Uncle Jesse. Yeah, Uncle Jesse. Where are you, Cube Dog? Make it, make it a sweep. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Our totes faves, 90s characters are number five, Eddie the dog from Frasier, number four, Aunt Jackie from Roseanne, number three, Kramer from Seinfeld, number two, Zach Morris from Saved by the Bell, and coming in at number one, it's Uncle Jesse from Full House. Of the week. So now it's our time for the fave of the week, where we talk about our favorite things of the week. So Hal, what's your fave thing of the week? My favorite thing of the week, you brought up caucusing in the episode, and the Iowa caucuses were yesterday, and my favorite thing of the week is Craig Mason's tweets about <laughs> Ted Cruz. And for those of us who don't know who Craig Mason is, he is a Hollywood writer, and he was Ted Cruz's freshman roommate and i was thinking about it particularly because we all know each other from college and the animus that craig has for ted cruz after all these years and continues to tweet about it publicly is my favorite thing of the week i need to follow this immediately i'm yes. familiar with this and i have to i i i have heard about this ivan it is quite amazing that 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 that's the turn of events that his roommate is someone that is like public and is so out there about it. It's Can I read amazing. a tweet? Yes, Can please do. Please do. Here's one from last night. You think tonight bothers me? Please. Every day I'd come back to my room and find Ted shirtless in bed, hands behind his head, armpits out. <laughs> <laughs> I need to follow Here's this another one. Personally, I'm kind of thrilled. More Cruz. If I suffered for 10 months with this ab- abomination, why should you people get off any easier? <laughs> this is amazing. The tone's pretty perfect. Um, so I, w- I first want to say I have two faves of the week. One fave is to Deepu's mustache, which oh. is looking pretty good. We'll post a photo on the... the, the on the Instagram interweb. so everybody can see it. <laughs> Because I think everybody needs to see it. Um, actual fave of the week would be, I know Hal and Deepu will not care about this at all, but the X-Files reboot is so good. And I know it's hard to convince people to watch something that seems like super fanish and you have to know all the backstory in order to enjoy it. But if they just did such a good job and it's new enough with giving nods to... Um, like the history of the show and the characters and things like that, but it has enough new stuff in it that I think anyone could enjoy it. So, and Zara best. and Brandon, how how mad at me would you be if that's 
was my introduction to the X-Files. Actually, it does a pretty good job yeah. of kind of getting new people on board. I would almost watch... I think the only jarring thing would be in the first episode of this reboot, they, like, Mulder looks really haggard. Yeah, but then he shaves and he <laughs> And he shaves great. and he looks great. It's so. absolutely great. Yeah. If they do a really... The first episode... I think there it's was a lot of good. critical there were yeah. a lot of critical backlash because it is so made for new viewers where it kind of retcons and reboots a lot of what happened in the original show just to make it easier for people to follow that are new which is something they had to do and I, they did a, so I think it would be a good place for you to to work your way on the second episode was great and I had to stop recording for a period because my brother called me while we were recording to say how much he loved the third episode. And, and he that's never by does the, that. The really, really the writer who's possibly the funniest writer. Darren Morgan. Darren Morgan. And so he wrote that one and it's supposed to be yeah. great. Um so I'm gonna pull a Zara and have two totes faves, one to compliment another co host and one as a real one. But my first tote faves is that new victory music that's playing during the top five countdown. I know. That's fantastic. I'm going to have a hard time going to bed tonight because I'm all jazzed from the music. I, <laughs> Brandon played it to me very late last night when I came from, from work. Gross. And it was like, and I felt, <laughs> no, it's very empowering. Um, I felt so, like Murphy Brown. So, Brandon, a round of applause for a great job picking audio bites that are perfectly tuned. Um, And then my uh, fave of the week is a new website. So I know people um, like that. uh, What's it called? People of New York. Is that what it is? Humans of New York. Humans Humans of New York. York. Uh, But I always found it like pretty pretentious, but I sort of like the idea. So then I luckily a new website was watched called uh, www.humanandhound.com. And it's pretty much the exact same idea, except now it's New York City dog owners and their dogs in, like, pretentious street photos of the two of them together. And just having the dog in there really just, like, softens the whole idea, especially because there's, like, a probably, like, a 20% hit rate with either Labs or Golden Retrievers, which I think just, like, basically makes the whole thing an easier thing to swallow. It's mostly Labs. (gasps) <gasps> yeah. What is this? So that's uh, humanandhow.com. I think it's a nice way to like uh, have an upscale puppy party at work. <laughs> no, I love this because what's annoying about Humans of New York sometimes, I feel like it only gives you one line of the story. Like, only I'm the only member of my family still alive. Yeah. And that'll be the quote. Here's um, a quote from Human and Hound. If you're laying down and he wants to lay next to you, he'll just walk across your chest. He doesn't understand that he's 70 pounds. That's the whole story. <laughs> That's all I want to hear. This one I'm looking at just says, she could eat for 24 hours straight. That's what I want to hear about. Yeah. <laughs> Not so, something sad. So I uh, highly recommend it for uh, some uh, websiting. Uh, related to Hal's, mine is uh, a podcast called Trail Mix 2016 uh, from the Scripps Network. And it is a political podcast weekly, and it's about a half hour, so really nice and compact. Uh, and kind of runs down the interesting stuff that's been happening on the cam- on the campaign trail. And they have people call in that are actually on the campaign trail, and it's just a really nice, just a nice summary. And I went through a, let's say ten of them top political podcast to try to find a couple to listen to and this was by far best because like every election season something reawakens in me where i just become obsessed with politics it's all i can think about because i love history as do my own my, my history show which is kind of old politics it's politics that happen politics is living history it's actually happening right now and it i kind of forget about that and this there's some really good podcast out there but this one i think is is the best i know zara also has been listening yeah no i am thankful for brandon listening to all those hundreds of political podcasts and then just telling me (laughs) just listen to this one because he was right it is great it's half an hour and the people who host it are great and each have their own background and personality and it meshes really well because we also listen to the 538 podcast about the election which if you want like a really deep dive that's like 90 minutes long. All statistics and It's all about statistics and polls. If you want to know about how the primary polls work and how they don't work, do that. But then the trail mix is like this perfect If you just want interesting anecdotes of people that have been talking to the candidates actually in person. And people who are there. Yeah, Yeah. it's cool. That's that's a great one. All right, so plugs. Hal, you've got things to plug. 
This podcast was great. I love being here. I would love to plug my own podcast. It's called the New York Launch Pod. You can get it the same way that you're listening to this podcast. You can follow on Twitter, Instagram, NYLaunchPod, or nylaunchpod.com. Great for learning about interesting startups, things going on in New York City. Yeah, and not just not just New York City, because all these are products, most of them are products that are available throughout the country because they're on the internet for the yeah, most part. Yeah, we've done uh, author, we've done some very interesting companies, um, but all what they all share in, in common is that they're uh, things that are f- coming from New York. Like they're uh, for the, for they're fresh. They're like not, you, it, which is the cool thing about it. But these are people that you probably haven't heard of, and you want to discover a new a new product. Right. We're not talking to people who have done a whole lot of interviews before. Um, a lot of the guests so far, they've been the first time on a podcast, first time doing media appearances. And uh, what's nice is that it's I've seen it grow, and there are some great episodes coming down the pipe. Um, actually, it, we're going to turn one year old in March, oh, so I'm wow. very excited Happy about birthday. that. Uh, it's I don't a have month- applaud sound on the soundboard yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I think Deepu filled in the gap, but... Yeah. but it doesn't publish as often as Toad's Faves. It's once a month. You know, if you're a tech person, there are a whole lot of tech podcasts. But this just gets a whole cross-section of New York. Hopefully. What's your favorite one episode if someone wants to try it out? What's the one you should direct them to? Oh, that's such a tough question. <laughs> it's like a Sophie's oh, Choice. Yeah, which right. is your favorite child? It's like, child. which one of my children is my, my favorite? There are a couple great ones. I'm going to choose... Two. One is Fatherly, which is a website uh, dedicated to parenting for kind of our generation, people who are remembering 90s sitcoms. And the other <laughs> one is, um, you know, we interviewed this, the founder of this company called Safe Wander. He's still in high school, and he invented this Alzheimer's device. And he wow. is an incredibly impressive guy who's named in cranes 20 under 20 and i think that that's certainly worth listening to as well all right i'll, I'll try to remember that right <laughs> that's awful uh <laughs> wow it was so bad that i didn't even get it for a moment <laughs> i was like no um for me you can find me on twitter at zara fs you can if you have cable check out watch what happens live on bravo if you're on instagram if you're on instagram most importantly please follow dana scully style which is my new instagram project of following the life and style of special agent dana scully one day at a time <laughs> one day at a time <laughs> Deepu. Um, you can follow me at VP Murdy on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Um, I also had a paper just accepted for publication in Cerebral Cortex, so you can read read that Whoa. if you're um, interested in prefrontal and hippocampal contributions to VTA signaling. Um, and then if not, you can just uh, see a picture of my mustache on the website. So those are, those are the three best ways right now. Okay. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at BB Werner and my comedy history show Laughing Historically at YouTube.com slash Laughing Historically. If you like Toad's Fave, rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes and just tell us what we're doing wrong. Uh, you can find show notes. We're right. Be positive. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> you can find show notes and past episodes of Toad's Faves and Laughing Historically on YetiCore.com. Legendary Show.